I'm Leslie. And I'm Michelle. And this is Two Covers, One Book. So this is our first episode. And to get us started, I figured we could go through some questions so that everybody could kind of get to know us and, you know, kind of get to know our likes and dislikes as far as books go, since this is a book-based podcast. Um, So first question, what is our favorite genres? Mine is contemporary, especially ones that have representation of all different kinds, mental health, um, queer characters, people of color, disabilities, anything. Mm -hmm. I really love fantasy, (laughs) Um, all kinds of fantasy and rom-coms. I am a sucker for a good rom-com. It's, it's a weakness of mine. That's okay. probably need to branch out more. <laughs> it's fine. Fine. Um, what is your favorite series or book or both? Um, my favorite book is extremely loud and incredibly close. It's not a Ooh, series. It's so good. I've, I have reread it way too many times, um, but it gets me every single time. That's a really good one. Do you have a favorite series or you just can't pick? I can't pick. <laughs> probably crier's war um it's okay. a duology yeah it's really good okay yeah that counts um favorite book of mine geez I don't know if I could pick I keep like scanning over my bookshelves <laughs> like <laughs> no honestly I think my favorite book just changes with whatever I'm reading um yeah. my favorite series um <laughs> Okay, so I love the Harry Potter series. That is like a personality trait of mine. <laughs> but I'm going to have to say the Fever series by Karen Marie Monning. It's a fantasy series that I read when I was a teenager. And I've reread it a few times now, except for like the newest books, because she just came out with the last book last year. I think I've heard of that, but I'm not 100% sure. It's kind of like a murder mystery type mixed into and it takes place in Ireland. So, okay. Yeah. I don't think I've read that. Um, Book to reread. Mine is Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeyman. I don't know if I've heard of that one before. It's a contemporary and I don't know. I just, I really liked all of the characters. It was super entertaining. I'm pretty sure I read it in a day. Nice. Um, For me, there is one particular book that I read anytime I'm in a reading slump, and that is These Happy Golden Years, and it's one of the Little House on the Prairie books. If I ever get to the point where I just can't read anything new, I'll reread that one just to get me back into the swing of reading. Kind of a guilty pleasure book, too, I guess. Oh, yeah. Do you prefer hardback, paperback, or digital Um, I prefer hardback unless it's something that's like a super light read, like a rom-com contemporary like that, then I prefer paperback. Um, But I read mostly digital because I I try to not buy as many books as possible. So I read them online because, you know, I can make myself feel better about not reading the books I do own if I'm not spending money on more books. Yes, that, that is very true. I prefer hardback whenever possible, just because they look so much better on my bookshelves. But now I do have a ton of paperback because they are a lot cheaper. 
plus like all the rom-coms that I've accumulated over the past few years are all lined up very prettily in a rainbow shelf now since they're all standalone Ooh, you have to put a picture it's, it's so pretty <laughs> my goal is to have an entire bookshelf of just like standalone books that I can put in a rainbow format that is a very good goal a lot of the newer books that are contemporary have very similar cover styles and they all have colorful backgrounds which would make that yeah, they're all like very colorful and cartoonish right. looking I like it though I'm really into oh, it oh it's great um what do you read to get out of a book slump I usually reach for Fahrenheit 451 because Mm -hmm. like the whole point of the book is that there's a future without books so it makes me want to read books while I still have the chance Mm -hmm. it's a small book but it's not like a super fast read like you kind of have to sit and take it in a little bit right um for me like I said I do have that these happy golden years that I use (laughs) as far as like to help me get out of the book slump but there's also another one. Um, it's The Irish Heart by Nora Roberts. It's about Irish people. I mean, come on. That's another You're thing. You're really into typically... Irish books. <laughs> I'm into Irish everything. It's just great. It's a I, great culture. I don't think I've ever read anything Nora Roberts, um, but I recognize her name. She's very, you know, very big okay, author. Well, Nora Roberts is one of these that has a legit formula for her books so Mm -hmm. if you've read one you've read them Mm -hmm. all they're just you know different flavors (laughs) it's the exact same same, but you know different backgrounds different people yeah kind of like hallmark movies um what are some of your controversial book opinions I like this question okay okay um first I think that romance in a majority of books, unnecessary. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> it's not necessary to the plot. If it if characters are not improving from the romance, why did you add it? I end up skimming it because I'm like, this is boring. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Like I read a book recently and it was a horror book that I want to be plot driven because it's horror. And that's what I'm here for. And they added romance and I had to scroll. I was like, why is this happening in my book right now? It dropped at a star. It did. It made it worse. Oh I mean, God. as somebody that loves romance, I can understand where you're coming from because there are some genres that you really just want to be plot driven. Right. Yeah. So I get that. I do. Um, like I get, I get there's an audience for it. I'm not in it. Not me. And then also, I think that sometimes it can be lazy writing if you just give all of your characters traumatic backstories because you don't want to do any real development and you also don't <laughs> want to write about their family. Especially it's harder to formulate a character if they don't have a tragic backstory because you're like, what do you do with them now? Some people can be happy. They Nobody deserve it. Like- I don't know, but I would like to read and find out. I would like to know. Um, And then also, people should not always, I get people want to write and have books that have like good representation, but if you don't experience some of the things, you shouldn't include it. Especially if you're writing about like a mental illness, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't always work. 
sometimes you can tell if someone does not have that mental illness and that they're oh, just like 100 percent. it's like i get it but you either should have had people reading it who told you it's not good or you just write about things you know like you can mm-hmm. branch out but do research before because you can tell and it yes. doesn't work in my opinion um and those are probably my three most controversial maybe it depends. Some people, some of them are controversial. The romance is probably the most controversial. Um, and maybe the traumatic backstories. That well, last one wasn't too bad, but unless you're the people who write it, then it's not nice, but it's whatever. Um, yeah. So those are mine. Okay. So yours were really good and really branched out. <clears throat> mine are all about Harry Potter because oh my God. <laughs> it is my personality. <laughs> And I've been reading a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction recently. So these are like forefront in my mind. It's fine. Um, <laughs> one, Draco and Hermione should have been in game. No. Yes. They I hate have. Hermione. Snape was, an awful, Snape was an awful character and yes. should not have gotten a redemption arc. He did not deserve Draco it. Draco was set up for a redemption arc. He should have got it and he should have ended up with Hermione. I he should have got the redemption arc. I love Draco, he's my favorite. However, no. I yes, I don't like him with Hermione. Uh. why though? They were absolutely perfect for each other. He is the only person in that book that could match her mind. Um like, there was nobody else that matched her wit and her smarts as good as he did because that he was we like, saw. Whatever. Do you you have to go with like what you see? Listen, I think he's better with the obvious choice. Harry. No. Yes. No. Look, I am all for the enemies to lovers, but no. I love enemies to lovers. They were obsessed with each other. They were in they were obsessed. They were, but no. It, also, I kind of already mentioned one of my other controversial ones. Oh, yeah. Snape should not have gotten a I, redemption arc. I hate Absolutely Snape. Not. He does not deserve anything. I don't anything. care if he made this vow or whatever. No, he was not in love with Lily. Come on. He was obsessed. There's there obsessed. is a difference. There is a difference. And even if he was supposed to be so in love with her, he still tormented children, not just Harry. I mean, good grief. Like, especially Neville. tormented her child. Neville like, was terrified of him. Yes. Like, he was an awful well, man. What is it that they did in Lupin's class? The Boggarts? Yes. Bogart? How do you Bogart. Say that? Bogart? I think. Okay. It's been a while. I don't, I don't know. I always read it and never pay any attention. Yeah. But his worst fear was Snape. <laughs> like yeah he was he a was horrible, a horrible character a grown man who was a bully of preteens um, yes. because he was bitter that he exactly. didn't have the class he wanted and he didn't have the woman he wanted that was years ago let it go move exactly. on exactly like and it just drives me insane that people are obsessed with him and keep making excuses like he was a double agent he had to act so mean and everything because Voldemort couldn't know that he was on the good side. No, he could have been uh, indifferent to everything. He could have, and still not have tormented children. I would like to point out that a lot of people make very similar arguments for Draco. However, Draco was a child. Was a child. He was a child. He grew up in an abusive home 
where he felt like he had to support Voldemort to make his family survive. He had no choice. Snape did. Um, So you can't compare the two. Draco deserves the redemption arc, not Snape. Yes, exactly. Also, my third is Dumbledore was actually a horrible character. Oh, 100%. Like, he, he didn't help with anything. <laughs> he raised Harry like a pig for slaughter. Yes, he threw him in an abusive household and then he brought him back and didn't give him all the information but expected him to go off and save the world. Exactly. Right. And no. everybody idolizes him. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like Dumbledore, but but he's not. He was He wasn't a good person. Yeah, and I really only like him, him as a hero, and he's more yeah. of. I don't necessarily want to say he was a villain, but he was. He's very neutral in the in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, but like he was perfectly okay with Harry getting hurt and almost killed multiple times because it got him what he wanted. Right. Yeah. So. so yeah, those are mine. Those are good and. All of them are controversial. <laughs> mine, yours are more controversial than mine, <laughs> if you like Harry Potter. <laughs> so, um, favorite book to movie. Mine is The Color Purple. That's a good one. Both of them are amazing, the book and the movie. I think it's very rare that you have two that are really good. Um, I remember watching and reading both of them literally in the same day. Mm-hmm. because I start I watched the movie and I was like this is really good so I read the book and I was like wow like it's it's so good mm-hmm. mine is kind of an old old one um mm-hmm. some people might not even consider it a book it was more of a play but mm-hmm. it was still changed up a little bit for a movie adaptation and that is Arsenic and Old Lace. It came out in like the 40s. I don't think I know. What to I think I might have heard the name, but I don't think I've seen it or read it. It is absolutely hilarious. It's about these two little old women that think they are doing a work for society by running this little bed and breakfast. And whenever little old men come on come in that um are widowed or you know not married or whatever (laughs) they Mm -hmm. kill them by putting Uh, arsenic in their tea because they're putting them out of their misery i love that (laughs) i need to read that or watch it um but yeah arsenic and old lace it's hilarious um Cary Grant is in it and it's like a black and white movie so it's a really old one okay but Mm -hmm. it's one of my all-time favorites absolutely hilarious I roll every time I read it because I'm just like this is so ridiculous but it's funny but now this is slightly controversial I guess um I really liked the Hunger Games movie adaptations not necessarily um, because, you know, the they were better than the book or the book was better, but I think combined, they were great mm-hmm. because the book is like from one specific person's point of view, but the movie mm-hmm. is like 
everybody else's point of view. So you get to see inside the character's mind, but also see what's going out around on the outside. So combined, I think it's really good. Um, I didn't read the books. I tried to read the first one, but I didn't like the writing. So I never finished it. I did like the first movie. I was really into it, but then I never watched any of the other movies. I don't think maybe the second one. Um, the second one was good. The third one was really rushed. It did not sound like something I'd be interested in. No, too much forced romance. Because I knew like, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, TV series adaption. Do you have one? Um, would have to say Bridgerton. Okay, yeah. Agreed. But I have not read many that have turned into TV shows. Like I've either read them or I have watched them, but I haven't done both. And I have done that for the Bridgerton series. Mm-hmm. And I, we were both very obsessed with that. We were both uh, very obsessed with that one. <laughs> Didn't. Which I know that contradicts my opinions <laughs> on romance, but it's a romance series. I'm here for it. There, there specifically. Basically no other plot to that one other than romance. So exactly that's it I mean you get a pass there but yeah that'd probably be my favorite one too now there I'm excited to see what they do with the second one I know there were a few changes they made in the first series between that and the first book I -hmm. actually kind of liked what they did with some of the series better than the book Mm -hmm. Um, especially as you get like towards the end of it some of the things that happen there I think you know what I'm talking about yeah that was better not great but yeah better it was better Um, I think that the second season will be I think these are the show is going to be better than the book because the book is a historical romance and they're all very similar you know what I mean yeah the show will add some flavor to it yeah that's true and I really like the um the couple no the second one the diversity that they put into it I love the diversity I appreciate when they do these things mm-hmm. um makes me happy yes very much so also the second book in that series was my absolute favorite so I'm really looking forward to the second season I think that was my third favorite, maybe. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember how we ranked them. We had them ranked. I'm excited to rank them again. I wish I had wrote down where I ranked them. I did too. We really should have. We talked about it so much. It's probably somewhere. I think we talked about it at work. Oh, (laughs) dang. Yeah. Oh, well. It's fine. It's It's fine. fine. Okay. We'll remember. We'll figure. I mean, who knows? We might rate them differently now. I'm kind of counting on it um, because it's been, when did the, we read, since we read, no, one, one, because we read those the beginning of last year, because it was like February and March. Right, right, because I remember that's how I, that is why I had so many books that I read, because I read all of them in a week, so it added my numbers. (laughs) Eight books in a week was really impressive, but we both did it. I know, but now we're going to have to stretch it out a little bit longer. So maybe it'll sit with us longer and we can write them maybe a little bit. Maybe. Thinking about it a little bit more. I can tell you which one's my least favorite. I'll tell you which one's my favorite. I already told you my favorite. That was the second one with Anthony. My least favorite. I know your least favorite's my favorite. You like the one with Gregory? 
Oh, no, I thought you were going to say Eloise. No. No, the one with the Gregory one. Gregory was my least favorite. He was just too much. It was. I didn't, we didn't know him very well. You didn't know him very well, so you couldn't really get attached. And then his personality was just way, way too over the top. Like, I get yes. being in touch with your emotions and all that, but come on, dude. No. He reminded me of the um, Benedict. The same. Yeah, he was a lot like but Benedict, worse. but so much worse. Because he was the baby boy. Yeah. No, Eloise was down on my list just because I felt like she deserved more because you relate to her yeah kind of (laughs) hey it is not wrong of me to want the character that I relate to most to have an epic love story like all of her siblings and then she just was epic what no no, it wasn't no no but she had a pen pal very that's romantic no she had a pen pal I thought it was fitting. She deserved better. (laughs) (laughs) I will disagree with you all day on this one. No. Yeah, there's no way we're going to agree when we do this. (laughs) That's the point, Um, though. That's what makes it fun. What book genre would you want to live in? Okay, I would want to live in a fantasy genre. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew you were going to write that. Give me the fairy wings and the swords all day long. Let me ride a dragon. I will be we're there. This, we're we're different sides of the same coin. I went with sci-fi. Um, because you know, I favor sci-fi more than fantasy. I do like fantasy, but they're very similar stories with just different elements. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mine's more magical, um, yours is more yeah. technical. Tech, yeah. Um book genre to not live in. I would not want to live in a dystopian genre because I would be one of the first to die. Good point. I would not want to live in a horror novel <laughs> genre in general. Um, because while like I think about it, I love horror, but at the same time, I don't want to be in it uh, because I don't want to die that way. No, no, I might could survive a little bit longer in a horror because I, I think would, I could survive longer in the dystopian. I would run and hide. In a dystopian, there is no hiding. You're running and fighting, and I can't run, so I would die. <laughs> I'm actually working on my running, so if we ever enter one, I'll be ready. Good. You. That was actually you, the. You will reason. trip me <laughs> and sacrifice. Me. I would trip you <laughs> even if I couldn't run. <laughs> sacrifice me to everything. It's fine. I've been very open with the fact that if I, it's ever that kind of future, <laughs> don't tame up with me because I will sacrifice you. <laughs> no I, hesitation. Honestly, and though, well. if it were the choice between dying and running, I would just rather die. Anyways, don't make me run. <laughs> I would want to run out of spite and then die after everyone else dies because I'm like, I lasted longest. Yeah, I could see that for me. Yeah. yeah. I would literally just turn around and be like, okay, here I am. Just kill me. <laughs> well, you know. Kind of like every time I, I cross a parking lot or a street or something, I'm like, come on, hit me. Pay my student loans. That's very funny. Um, I feel the same way, but I don't have student loans. <laughs> They're horrible. <laughs> okay. Because I am the Harry Potter obsessed, what is your Hogwarts house? 
Um, I'm a Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. very knowledge-based person. Uh, I love Luna Lovegood. She was my favorite female character, which I know yours is not her, but <laughs> both very good characters. Luna was a very good character, though. I liked her. I wish she had more screen time. Yeah. I wish she had more book time, too. Yes. I am a Slytherin, and I am very proud of that fact. Um. I was a Gryffindor in high school and I hated it. And now I'm just like, hey, I'm in the cool house. <laughs> um, I guess you could call it the cool house. It is. It's under the lake. So it's very cool. That's true. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I love Draco. He's my favorite male character by far. Mine too. Because he has... He has a lot of character growth. He had potential for a lot more character growth and there could have been a lot more done with his character, but. Don't read The Cursed Child. No. Oh my gosh. No. The Cursed Child is not canon. I couldn't finish it. I couldn't finish it. I read it. And I refused to accept it as canon. I read it all in like one night, I think, but it is horrible. Now that's lazy writing. It 100% was. Um, I would like to say I'm full Slytherin, but I guess I'm kind of a secondary Ravenclaw too, just because mm-hmm. I do love knowledge and knowing things. I'm not necessarily always the smartest person in the room, um, but I like learning as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have more street smarts, I guess, which is part of the reason why I am Slytherin. I have a little bit more mm-hmm. cunning to my personality. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And since you mentioned yours, as far as like female characters go, Jenny is my favorite female character, but only in the I didn't like her in the movie. Yeah, I didn't like her in the movies. She was, she was horrible They in the didn't movie. give her a personality. Like the actress herself was phenomenal and she did so oh, good yeah. with what she had to work with. But they flattened her personality so much in the movies. It was ridiculous. They did that with so many characters. And I get that there are a lot of characters, but they really should have just, like, they split up the last book. I, I personally, I wouldn't have been mad if they split up more of them. Like, the fourth book, which was huge. Yeah, exactly. And, again, it goes Very back to the whole thing. It really should have been a series instead of should have been a series. books. Which... They could have even went all Lord of the Rings on it and made these things stinking three hours long, and people still would have and watched I would have it sat through them. because yes. they were that popular. Okay, so what is your favorite and your least favorite book trope? Uh, okay, so my favorite, I have two: um, Enemies to Lovers, if I'm going for a romance, and then Found Family in general. Love it, Chef's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, in anything any genre i'm good with that one and least favorite love triangles yeah i hate love triangles they're stupid i agree unless it ends up as a poly relationship i don't want it (laughs) they're not even true love triangles because if they were like because it's always a girl and two guys if they were then the two guys would also be interested in each other it's just a girl who has two guys to choose between and then neither of them are great choices yeah there's always something wrong with one or the other and it's usually one of them either gaslights her or the other one is just way too clingy. Um, my favorite, I am a sucker for 
the enemies to lovers as well like it is so good but also kind of branching off onto that more specifically is the enemies that haven't become lovers yet but one of them is like you touch them and you die Mm -hmm. speaking of the love interest like they're very protective and don't want anybody else to hurt them even though they hate them and I'm just like I love that so much I don't think I've read really any of it it's like that but I know those are probably very popular in like some of the romance books more of like that the, I'm, I'm not targeted for yeah more of like your fantasy based romance that I like to mm-hmm. read you have the mm-hmm. you know the whole oh we're throwing ourselves into dangerous situations and I'm going to go do this and then the main character is just like oh don't touch her she's mine yeah like, mm-hmm, I love it <laughs> <laughs> okay basically anything that's like the romance trope I'm just going to get giggly over because it's so scary except (laughs) you're so into romance except I do not really care for the pregnancy tropes yeah not not a fan I'm okay with them sometimes but Mm -hmm. you know the whole that goes into we had a one night stand and now I'm pregnant and now we have to get together I'm just not a big fan of those. I also don't think they're very realistic for today's time. No. Like there are better ways to force a couple together than that way. Yeah. Um, that way, I just am like, it's not the decision that I would make mm-hmm. because one, you don't know this person. Like you don't have to be together to parent children if you want to have, to, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be in a relationship to have children. So it definitely feels very rushed yeah. in those books. Yeah, very unrealistic. Yes. Um, genre to read more of. I would like to branch out and read more true crime and horror because I don't typically gravitate towards those that much. Now, I love mm-hmm. true crime documentaries and podcasts and stuff, but that's not my typical go-to when I'm going to sit down and read a book. Right, yeah. Um, so mine is also horror because I love horror, but I usually go for movies or video games and not so much books, mm-hmm. but recently I've been reading more horror books. So want to get a good shelf of those at least. Yeah. I mean, I have a whole stack of Stephen King books, but I've only read like one or two of them. So yeah, I have like three or four, but I'm not a fan of his writing. Honestly, I wish I was because he does have good story. Like the plots are good, but God, his writings. <laughs> a lot for me he is very detailed in his writing I'll give you that it's not a quick read that's I think that's the biggest reason why I haven't read more of his like I've tried a few times to read it and Mm -hmm. there's just so much detail to it I cannot get into it to read it and then last question what are you currently reading okay so I'm currently reading the Crescent City series, which the first one is House of Earth and Blood with a book club of mine. And then for fun, other than the book that we're reading for this podcast, I'm also reading The Love Con currently, which is a rom-com. It's a friends to lovers fake dating type Mm. trope. So it's pretty good. It's about this girl who's trying to win a cosplay competition 
And that sounds cool. It is. And she like brings in her best friend to help her with a couple's costume for the finale. And she lets it slip on TV that she has a significant other because one of the judges is being very mean to her. And since she's like a person of color and she's, you know, kind of short and curvy. I have to read that. The judge is just very, oh, well, you couldn't get a boyfriend even if you wanted one. And so she's like, actually, I have one when she didn't. And sounds really good. (laughs) It's really good so far. It's fun. Plus, there's the whole cosplay. I love that anyways. So what are you reading? Uh, I'm reading The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I'm almost done with it. I'm listening to the audio book while I work. I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) I'm not really sure how I feel yet until I finish it but it's it's a lot a lot happens and I'm like oof. yeah there's heavy there's some big feelings that come out of that book I haven't read it in a long time but I remember just how rough some of the stuff was as far as like don't think I want to watch it it's such a good movie though it it? is but also Emma Watson is in it and I think she's just a phenomenal actress and I'm also reading Alfred Hitchcock's Supernatural Tales of Terror and Suspense. And it's just like 11 short horror stories. Um, nice. And I started it today. So this was probably going to be like over a few days mm-hmm. where I just like read a short story here or there. But it's yeah, pretty good. I have a few it's... books of poetry that I like to read. Like I'll read a few poems before I go to bed. Even though I don't think I can handle reading a horror short story before I went to sleep. <laughs> that takes a special person. <laughs> and I'm not that special. <laughs> I I sure am. <laughs> uh, so I think that's it. Um, but before we start talking about the book, I want to talk about what we currently rate it. And I want to guess what you currently rate it. And then I want you to guess what I rate it. And we'll see how close we are because I'm competitive. And, and I know you are. <laughs> this seems fun to me. So I have a feeling that you are probably rating this. I don't know if you rate in quarter stars. But if you do, I'm going to say you're rating this a 3.75, but I'm going to lean closer to four. Okay. So yeah, I actually rated it a four so far. Ah, (laughs) Do you rate in quarter stars? I do rate in quarter stars. Mm. With the subject matter of this one, I feel like you would rate it higher. But I also know you tend to rate like midway until you get through most of the book. So I want to say 3.5 to play it safe. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it is. It's a 3.5, but I have more negative feelings about it than positive, even though I'm rating it a 3.5 because I think as a book it is. But for me, it's not, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I definitely tend to rate for other people than more for myself, which makes it hard, I think, mm-hmm. to guess what I rate books. Yeah. But that was really good. I'm <laughs> proud of both of I us. Too. I was a little nervous because I'm like, mm, she's either going to rate this really high so far or really low. But like I said, I know you. And when we were reading all the Bridgerton books, you were just like, 3.5 or a 3 until we got towards the end of it and oh, your true feelings came out it's just so hard to tell because you don't you never know how it's gonna go even though I always guess it. <laughs> all right well before we get started into the book I do have to say this book has a lot of trigger warnings so if anybody's listening that has any issues with like suicide or death in general 
you might not want to listen because <laughs> this can be a very triggering book, which is honestly one of the things I did not expect from it when I picked it up to read it. Like I knew kind of what it was about, but I didn't expect suicide to be involved. I kind of expected suicide of some sorts but I didn't expect it to be as present in the book as it is Mm -hmm. like I definitely thought going in it would be more focused on the actual midnight library and it's definitely more focused on her internal monologue throughout the entire time which is which is fine yeah and I do have to say though I really like how the chapters are laid out and how it's broken up and how some chapters are just like a page long if that yes because it really okay here is what's going on here that didn't work out here's the next one it's not like a continuous flow it's very choppy and I like like it I think it's very fitting for the story Mm -hmm. um but at the like I like the way the chapters are laid out but I don't like how it's written because in my opinion it comes off very motivational speaker to me like it's all like you know in your face this book is about second chances don't regret things you can keep fighting and it just it's just so (laughs) it's so therapy session but you're the therapist (laughs) and Nora's the patient and I was I didn't I wanted to be more on Nora's level but the way the character is written makes me an outsider I feel like and I'm seeing it from the therapist side. Like these are the things that you're, that you're saying certain things. And if you tie it all together, this is the big picture. And obviously she doesn't see the big picture because she has depression Mm -hmm. and she committed suicide, you know? So like, it's just, it's weird to sit on the outside of it. Like I wish I was inside of it more. And at the end, that's where the big motivational speaker part was, you know? Yeah, I get that. I I can see how you feel that way because it does not necessarily the first few chapters because the first few is like in her head going through everything that's going wrong oh my gosh like I was just I was not expecting it to be this dark the very beginning when it's like 19 hours until and I'm like yeah and it just kept counting down like nine and a half hours before she decided to die and eight hours before she decided to die and I'm like oh gosh this is intense (laughs) it was rough honestly I didn't really have any particular parts in the story that stood out to me like that I thought I would comment on until the three horseshoes chapter which is the chapter where she what if I married to Dan Mm. and then there was something that she said to Dan and it was I think you only appreciate me when you don't have me Mm -hmm. I love that line it hit very hard but it was like when I was reading it I was just thinking this is so like she's saying all of these things and she's seeing things in these other lives but she doesn't see it for herself Mm -hmm. even though they're her the grass is green on the other side but here she is you know, regretting life Mm -hmm. and all the mistakes and choices she didn't make when she literally said herself, it's not better here than it was. And like, on, like, it really could have been a one chapter. Like this could have been the one story we go into real, like really Mm -hmm. it could have been, you've already pointed out the obvious and you just don't see it yourself, but the audience does. Yeah, for sure. 
ironic, I guess. Yeah. But it is accurate to depression. You know, you don't see mm-hmm. until someone points it out to you. So that felt kind of nice. I mean, I don't know. It was like, that felt a little authentic. Yeah. As far as like depression goes, I feel like it's pretty spot on for a lot of it because it goes mm-hmm. through and like the beginning of the book, it talks about she, this person doesn't need her anymore. And this person doesn't need her anymore. And she just keeps following, falling deeper and deeper into that hole. And it's just like, what point do I have in this world since nobody needs me anymore? Like, what is my purpose? I have no purpose. So what's the point of me even being here? Which is very triggering if you have, Mm -hmm. if you are in a very bad depression cycle. Oh, (laughs) Uh, my God, don't read this book if you're super depressed. No, absolutely not. Because it will make it worse. It 100% will. Like, I can remember feeling like that in some points of my life. And I'm just like, if I had read this then, it would not have been a good thing. And I don't think there's... Don't think I would have finished the book. I don't think there's any trigger warnings whatsoever on the book itself. There really should be. If you're writing a book that's triggering, you should list it on the book. And I didn't necessarily go out and look for it, but this book was so popular. Mm -hmm. I assumed there would have been a trigger. I would have heard about it by now, which my fault. I should have looked into it. I didn't. Um, But yeah, I I feel like there should be. They should put it on the book. Yeah. For people. There are a few quotes that I like throughout what we've read so far. Um, Mm -hmm. One of them kind of hit home for me. And it the quote goes, I don't think your problem was stage fright or wedding fright. I think your problem was life fright. And I'm like, ouch, that, that was harsh. Hard. Like, I get yes. that. The, yeah, it it was intense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It sounds like a self-help it book. Does. Because that's what would be in a self-help book. And I if it's a, if you're going to write a self-help book, write one. Or if you're going to write one that you put as a novel, don't make the beginning super triggering and make your depression work. Like, what? like, it doesn't work. I know. And there's like a couple of lines as far as it does feel very like a self-help book. One of them here is to fear love is to fear life. And those who fear life are already three parts dead. And uh, loved that quote. That was a really good one. And then there's another one. You couldn't let a few less desirable parts put you off the whole. Like, yeah, there are there are a lot of self-help quotes through here. And I guess one of the questions that I really saw when she got to the Midnight Library and mm-hmm. really made me think was when she's looking through that book of regrets and they're all there in front yes. of her. You know, it's just like, if you were faced with all of your regrets, how, how would you choose what to change? You made the choices. I feel like, you know, you can go back and try to redo things, but like you may, you had a reason for the choices you made. Why even try to change any of your regrets? Exactly. Because like so far, nothing's working, you know, so far, nothing's better nothing at all everything just keeps getting worse honestly so for me it's like she made the best choice she could have in the present time Mm -hmm. because 
no matter what she goes to change, like it just, each situation just turns out worse. Now there was one life so far that I was like, this could have been a good choice. And when I was looking at the character, it seems like the person that she was in that life went through it really hard, but she came out stronger than where uh, Nora is currently. And that is when she went with Izzy. Oh yeah. When she moved to Australia. Because she has the self-harm scars, Mm -hmm. but they're scars. Yes. Because she got this Phoenix tattoo and those tattoos tend to, you know, rise from the ashes and you're reborn and you grow. So it seems like that, that Nora, she went through a lot of really hard stuff because of the death that she was her best friend. Mm -hmm. But it seemed like she came out the strongest out of all of them, even though she wasn't where she wanted to be. Yeah. I mean, she had a routine. She had people that knew her. It seemed like she was in a healthier atmosphere. I mean, yeah, it did insinuate that she smoked and did drugs and everything else, but at the same time, she was alive there. She was alive. And she had worked a lot on herself. Mm-hmm. You know, she recovered from her self harming stage. Yeah. Um, I did appreciate that. And it was interesting seeing Nora react so negatively to it, which obviously, you know, she felt the grief of losing her best friend. But that version of her was the best so mm-hmm. far. And I think the reason other than the swimmer. Yeah. I think the reason that she reacted so negatively to the death of her friend in that life was because she hadn't been able to process it. Like obviously the Nora in that life and those choices had been through the same grief because she had the scars to prove it, but she worked through it. And then current Nora seeing that viewpoint is getting hit with that all over again and she didn't really take the time to process it right because they just kind of fade out of each other's lives mm-hmm. in her actual story and that's how it kind of is with everybody yeah in hers they all just kind of left and a lot of bad things happen all at once it makes you feel like there's really no point mm-hmm. assuming because the way this book is written, the longer we get into it, the more she'll be like, oh, I didn't make all these terrible decisions. I made the best ones. And eventually she'll realize that she's just doing the best she could. Yeah. I feel like that is how it's going to go. Um, I did think it was interesting that the first thing she chose to, or the first regret that she chose to kind of go back and redo was with Dan. Yes. Like out of all of them, she didn't choose her family first. She chose Dan. And like, as soon as I started reading about him, I'm just like, Dan sounds like a jerk. And then I read a little bit more and I'm like, yep, he was. (laughs) I guess because he had messaging her and I guess, you know, eventually you kind of forget the reasons behind the decisions you make, but she was remembering he didn't like my uh, music career. He didn't want to follow my dream. He wanted to follow his dream. Mm -hmm and like eventually they like it's good that you got cold feet because look how unhappy you would have been exactly you're living his dream with him where he's cheated on Mm -hmm. you you made a good decision even though people around you don't see that Mm -hmm. and I mean I've kind of been in the situation before where you get somebody out of your life and then 
the longer you stay away, the more you start looking at the situation through rose colored glasses. And you're just like, was it really as bad as I thought? Like, was, yes. was it really this awful? Did I really make the best decision, especially if they try to reach out over and over again? And you're just like, well, they're putting in all this effort. So maybe I should give them a real another chance. Like, I don't really think it was that bad. And then, you know, if you actually sit and think about what it was like, you're like, oh, right. It was that bad. That's why I did this. So I think she really got to see through that perspective as far as like, oh yeah, I did a really good thing here by getting rid of him. I saw this thing recently and it was talking of, not about this, um, but similar. It was talking about how this guy, um, like he's been in relationships, but he misses the relationship he was in the longest. And the reason that they all ended up leaving him was because he was an abusive person. Mm-hmm but he missed the one he was with the longest. And someone said he missed that relationship because they were the person who put up with it. And he missed not having someone to, you know, push around. It just, he thinks it's because he loved them, but really he just loved manipulating them. Yeah. Um, And I don't really know all the details about her and Dan. We just see kind of the um, emotional side where he just wasn't a great partner, Mm -hmm. but he constantly misses her in every life Mm -hmm. that she has met him. He's reached out to her um, because she would have followed. She gave up her music career for him. She would have followed him, obviously, as we can see. Like he just wants someone who will go along with him. That's what he wants. And she did it. Yeah. I feel like Dan was a very narcissistic person because even in the little bit that you saw like in her current life, it was him pretty much gaslighting her into giving up everything that she had to do what he wanted. Yes. It might seem better, but it's not. It's it's really not. It's a very narcissistic way of looking through things, which not fun to live through either. Oh, no. No, honestly, I do like this book so far. I'm really looking forward to her going into her music career. I'm a little surprised she hasn't done that first. Me too. Um, That's what I was going to say. Like as big of a deal as they made that out to be in the beginning, I'm surprised that wasn't one of the first things that she chose to redo. Honestly, I thought it was going to be the first Mm -hmm. thing she redid because of her brother. But I, it was just like hinting at she hasn't chose it yet. Does that mean that? she didn't back out because she had stage fright life fright mm-hmm. but she actually just didn't want to do it i mean because even when she's talking to um her former bandmate and he says our song's really good she mentally corrects him to my songs mm-hmm. like i don't think you would mentally correct yourself if you felt regret for not doing it mm-hmm. um like i think her regret is more like i let down these people yeah and not that I could have been in a band. And I think that's probably why she hasn't went into it yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that's the lesson she gets out of it. Because if you really want to be in a band and you had that choice, even if you were afraid, I think you would take it. Yeah. Um, now, of course, Dan was telling her not to. But, I mean, she did have her brother. Yeah. Who would have wanted her to. And, I mean, her so at I that point, like- her brother was the only family she had left. 
Right. Yeah. So she was literally choosing between family and her boyfriend and she chose her boyfriend. So there has to be more to it than that. Also thinking, talking about family. I think the shittiest thing this book did was bring her dad back to life in the summers because that to me read as his death was her fault because she quit swimming. Yeah. I, I really didn't like that. And she didn't make that connection or at least I don't like, I didn't make the connection that she made it. Like I didn't read it. Um, but that is awful. I don't think she has come to that conclusion. I'm hoping she doesn't. Yeah. Me either. Because that, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I honestly didn't even think about that until you mentioned it. And I'm just like, yeah, because they, he even said it was like, oh, because you became an Olympic swimmer, I got my health under control and I made these changes. So it was telling her that his original death was her fault, which was horrible. I don't care if that's the reason he did, but the, the book should not have panned. Like, no, Mm-mm. no, it's, that's awful because that's one regret that she didn't have that now I would have, I would not have it. I killed my father. Yeah. But it's not like, it's not her fault. He made that decision himself, but of course Mm -hmm. she's going to think it is. If she thinks selling her cat outside is what killed it, which Mm -hmm. I get, but also ridiculous. I hated that storyline. Well, even going back (laughs) to the storyline with Izzy in Australia, they literally said that Izzy died in a car crash coming back to her birthday party. So again, it was her fault that her best friend died. Which, yeah, and her that character in that one 100% connected those dots mm-hmm. because there's no way that would have spiraled that badly if they did Exactly. I don't think. For a book that I feel like wants to come off more helpful, it's really triggering. It really is. And I, I just don't think it's doing the job that it wants to. It's not deep enough to be okay, like, to have all these issues come up and for it to fix it. I'm really curious about how the ending's going to wrap it up for this to be one of the best books, apparently, mm-hmm. because right now I don't think it's that good. Yeah, it, there's a lot to it. And we stopped in the middle of one of her book lives that she went back to. So I'm very curious to see how it continues on with her brother, because in yes. this one, she's yes. actually apparently friends and in good standing with her brother so what's going to happen with him in this one because I I just I don't know I don't feel like they're going to have this wonderful sibling relationship by the time it's over like there's got to be something that's going to happen because there's something that makes her spiral and close that chapter when they were asking what kind of mic she wanted, he kind of made like, he made a comment about, you know, do the headset because we know it happened last time. So I'm like, what happened last time? Mm-hmm. Is your relationship not as good as it seems? Do you resent your sister for being this Olympic swimmer? Mm-hmm. Do you resent her for being this famous spokesperson and you're basically her tech guy or whatever? I feel like something is going to happen between them. 
She's not depressed because of life. She's depressed because she has depression. Mm -hmm. Her depression is probably going to be a big reason that they aren't as close mm -hmm. as her brother just doesn't understand. I mean, yeah, she doesn't have the death of her father and she doesn't have the regret of Dan or the band. But at the same time, I mean, if you look at some of the most successful people in real life, those people have depression. They're just good at hiding it. They just have money. Exactly. I kind of feel like that might be where this is going. Like it's showing her this great life that she's got. She's this motivational speaker. She's an Olympic swimmer, the whole nine yards. But what hasn't she seen yet? I'm excited to see what she takes away from this one, I guess. I'm hoping it's not just, I'm glad I didn't become a swimmer. Um, honestly, I think I like this book less now that I've talked about it. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to pick apart with it. There there's is a lot going on here. She's living a new life every few pages. And she's not any happier in any of them. Mm -mm. Yeah. Well, there's this also a quote that was towards the end of what we read. And it's, um, regrets don't leave. They weren't mosquito bites. They itch forever. But honestly, is that really true? I mean, for me, yeah, there might be times when I regret something. But, you know, a few months down the road, that regret is gone. Like, I understand the bigger picture and I understand why I made the choices I did. So I don't really regret making the choices because I grew from it. It's like instead of having this big book of regrets, it's just like everything's slowly working out. Yeah, because honestly, I don't have any regrets in my life because I feel like I've learned a lesson from everything I've done and when you're definitely in a deeper depression there are things that I don't regret now that I would regret then um, mm -hmm. just because you see an issue with everything that you've done she's in such a deep depression obviously she has to be otherwise she wouldn't have you know killed herself mm -hmm. I don't see how it can just go away that easily yeah like when I was first reading it, I honestly thought this book was written by someone who they have uh, quote unquote conquered depression that they are not actually, mm -hmm. um, they feel like they've beaten it, which is, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like when you get out of it, you don't really, um, relate to people who are as depressed anymore. I don't think I'm in the right spot for it, but I don't really know where the right spot is. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> If you've never suffered from depression, I don't think you're going to get as much out of this book because you can't relate at all to what they're going through. Like, sure, you might can show some sympathy, but you really just don't get it. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, if you are depressed and you're reading this book, it's just going to make it so much worse. I think it's a book about overcoming depression for people who have overcame depression <laughs> or they're <laughs> almost there like they're not in the lowest that they've been and I'm not in the lowest that I've been but I've either because I feel like you can split off when you start to like work on your mental health and some people their goal is to overcome it um and some people their goal is to just learn how to live with it and my goal is to just learn how mm -hmm. to live with it and make it to where it doesn't run my life but to mm -hmm. um just know how to make myself feel better. And maybe that's why I don't understand quite as much of it as I feel like I should. 
because I know that I can't overcome it because my depression is not situational. It is because of my act, my brain, you know, it doesn't, it just doesn't go away. Mm -mm. You can cope with it, but it just doesn't disappear. Mm -mm. So yeah, it's, it's one of those, I don't exactly know who the intended target audience is. It also blew up in the middle of the pandemic where people were going through some rough times. It definitely, I definitely see why it's popular. I just don't, Mm -hmm. um, I think it is a little overhyped and because of the subject matter, I just think this one's a little not amazing, but I I do stand by my 3.5 out of five ratings for it so Mm -hmm. far, because I think for the intended audience, it's a really good book. I'm just not the audience. Yeah. Like if I was writing it for me, I'd probably rate it like a 2.5. Yeah, I could see that. I'm very interested in where it's going to go from here. Like, I'm very interested in the outcome of the book. I want to know what she's going to get out of all this. Yeah, I think the message that's learned is really going to tell us who it's for. Mm -hmm. And then we can recommend it based on that. Yeah. And I mean, the librarian tells her, you're in the in-between. You're not alive, but you're not dead. So whatever choice you make is which way you're going to go. So she gets to choose if she wants to actually die or if she gets to come back and redo it, which is an interesting concept because in a lot of books, you have to fight if you want to live, you know, and maybe that's how it is. Mm -hmm. You just have to fight for it. But this one definitely seems more like an actual choice you have to make, Um, which Mm -hmm. is interesting because you don't really see that often. I can give you my theory about what's going to happen. What's your theory? I feel like she's going to go through all these choices and realize that no matter what she chooses, the path she was on, she was making the best choice that she could have. And she's going to end up going back to that life with a new appreciation. Do I want that to happen? No, but I feel like that's the way it's going to go. Yeah, that's exactly what I think too. The librarian very much seems like a therapist mm-hmm. Nora is pointing out things and then um the librarian is connecting them all and showing her the bigger picture mm-hmm. you're doing the best you can and that's okay and if she has this chance to choose another life I kind of wish she would choose one that she feels is actually what she wanted to do mm-hmm. she went to college she studied philosophy I want to see a life where she makes a career out of it yeah that would be interesting to me personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll put it in there. I'm not 100% sure what all lives are left. I mean, we're I mean, only a consider- third of the way through. And considering that she did make a point in the book that she had these degrees, I feel like that is going to be a life because in the swimming life, she didn't have those degrees. She didn't go to college. She just became an Olympic swimmer. So it's already put it in perspective that she lives one way she's not going to have this Mm -hmm. I feel like there's going to be one of those books that come up and she's like show me what it's like if I had done something with the degrees that I got out of college the lives we've seen so far are not the lives that I would ever have chosen to see Mm -mm. because swimming she quit so early in her life like that would have been one of the last lives I chose personally leaving Dan that does make sense for it to be one of the first ones but it wouldn't mm-hmm. have been the first one I would have done the music career first and I thought we would yeah. read about the music career by now so I'm definitely looking forward to that one but then the cat 
that felt so <laughs> useless to me. It felt just like something that was, it just felt like it was put in there to get a reaction. Yeah. I get that I it's like really, a lesson. Yeah. I didn't really understand the whole purpose of that. Like I get, I mean, I kind of do. Like she had her looking through the book of regrets and one of her regrets was, you know, not being a good pet owner, not keeping her cat indoors. And then she went through this life and it was like, oh, hey, if I had kept my cat indoors, it still would have died. And then she comes back to the library and that regret is erased off. So it's kind of showing her, oh, hey, sometimes your regrets can be erased because you realize that no matter what you did, things would have happened anyways. So the regret for the cat was erased, but the regret for Dan wasn't erased unless it was and I missed it. And the regret for going to with Izzy, was it erased? Because I don't remember it being, I did read this quickly, um, but I really don't remember them mentioning those disappearing because those are the biggest ones I feel like that would have made but it She didn't heavy. look for those. In That's the true. Afterwards. true. So they could have been it could be gone. erased, but it just didn't mention it because they had already brought up the point that, oh, these regrets can be erased, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And I feel like that was the safest storyline for them to do it on because Mm -hmm. if they had went, like, Izzy's life, for example, she had looked through this book and it was like, oh, well, I don't regret going to Australia with Izzy. But then there would be like so many other regrets that took that one's place because Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, well, now I regret going because it was my fault that she died and I regret this because of that. And it's like, it would just add on to it. Right. Yeah. There's going to be lives that are worse and lives that are better. She just, those are obviously two of her biggest regrets. And she was so unhappy in both of them. You regretted nothing. You didn't really want to go with either of them, but you regretted Mm -hmm. it. You didn't want to marry Dan. You left him. You didn't want to go with mm-hmm. Izzy. It was brought up in recent time that it was her fault. The band broke up and she has all these regrets because she let her brother down and now her brother's not talking to her and she let her friend down and her friend doesn't want to have much to do with her anymore. And we still haven't seen that come through in the book, but yet we've seen, oh, show me a life where. I made my dad proud. Yeah. And her dad in her current life has been dead for a while now. And they didn't even have that great of a relationship. Yeah. So why is she bringing up all of these old things when there was so much more recent things that she could have went into? Is she going to ask for a life? Can you show me a life where I'm not depressed? Because that'd be the life I would choose. My God. <laughs> I mean, like, like we all. <laughs> like, can you show me one where I'm mentally healthy? Yeah, okay, here you go. Thank you. Can you show me a life where I'm normal? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> nothing wrong whatsoever, and I'm just good. What what is that like? <laughs> what is the reasoning for her doing it the way she's doing it? And I feel like it's most likely just because the author is trying to put it in a certain order to make it make sense the best. But I'm also like, I don't know much about her. 
Like, we don't really know much about her. We know... Other than she was seriously depressed and it just kept getting worse every time somebody told her, oh, hey, this is taken care of. I don't need you anymore. Also, music was such a big thing in her life. She taught people, a guy to play piano. She worked mm-hmm. at a music store. Mm-hmm. Why was this not the first Why thing that she first... looked into? I, I thought it was going to be the first one. Dan was not mentioned that long other than, mm-hmm. oh, you left the band because of Dan. And she went to him first. I didn't like that. I really didn't. Like, yeah, I understand, you know, sometimes you regret it when a relationship ends and that kind of hangs on to you. Because I've been there. I've done that. Like, I've had those regrets before. And then I'm just like, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. It happened for a reason. Go on. If it was me. And it was the choice between, you know, seeing what would happen if I went off with this potential guy or this guy that could have potentially been my husband or go off with the band that was because music was a passion of mine. And I had multiple people that I was letting down because of that one. I would have went that direction instead of the relationship. I'm kind of, are they building it up because that's how it's going to end? Or is that because it's going to be such a big one? Or is she doing this thing where she doesn't actually want to find a life that she wants to live? So she's choosing one she knows she's not going to be happy in. I guess it's a self-sabotage, self-harm type thing because she she thinks she'd be happier with a music career, but she doesn't think she deserves a music career. I kind of wonder if it's along the lines of she's too afraid to look into the things that she wants the most. Yes. So kind of basically what you just said. I get that you're afraid, but you're at this point where you're dead and you can choose that life and you can Mm -hmm. erase every, you could just go straight into that life. Mm -hmm. What is there to be afraid of at this point? I feel like there was a lot more on the line for her with the music career than there has been for any of the other choices that she's looked into so far. Yes. Like that would be my biggest regret. Unless mm-hmm. I honestly just didn't, wasn't that interested in music. And she obviously was because she still does music or she did, you know. Mm-hmm. Until well, two end. of the things that hit her the hardest was when she lost her job at the music store and the mom of the kid called and told her, oh, he's not taking piano lessons again anymore that was it like those were two of the biggest things that hit her when she was making this decision to kill herself I guess that does make sense why she is taking so long to get to it because maybe she's afraid that this is the life she thought what she'd be the happiest in and she didn't choose it but what if it's just another reality that she hates herself and she's depressed because honestly, I feel like that would be a huge slap in the face. Like, yeah, you know, you regret, you don't regret it now, but that's like the one thing that you really thought would have been something and it's nothing. So I'm, I really am hoping that the music career is huge. Mm-hmm. I don't think she'll end up with the music career. I think she might end up working with music, but I don't think she's going to end up in a life where she's a rock star. Well, I mean, even in her current life, I don't think she really wanted to be the rock star. She just wanted to be the writer. Yeah, so maybe she'll end up in a maybe she'll end up in a life where she's working with music, 
where she Mm -hmm. is just completely behind the scenes. I kind of wonder if the music career is going to be the last one she chooses. I feel like it very well. It could, it, it probably is going to be one of the very last ones, which annoys me because I want to read about it, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just wait. We'll just suffer. It's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll get through it quickly. It's fine. It's fine. <sighs> I just, I'm just curious what other lives does she want to live? Because really there's not that many other ones that we know are options yet. So I am excited. I do think it'll get better. Maybe. I feel like it has to. It's just really dark right now. And then eventually everything's going to tie up in a nice little bow. And it's all going to make sense. And I probably will still rate it 3.5 stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be interesting to see how it goes. Yes. Because we have two more sections to go through. So two anything more. can happen. Anything can happen. Very excited <laughs> to read the, this next section and see where our opinions have changed or mm-hmm. not. Yeah, I do have to say, though, the, t- the title headings or like the chapter headings are wonderful. I love chapter headings. Like they're so good. And then that one where it was just like, I can't remember the name of the chapter, but it was. I miss my cat. I'm tired. Yes. And the last update that Nora had <laughs> like, posted before she found herself between life and death yeah which is so sad (laughs) it is now that I know the cat's dead I'm like that sounds even worse but it's still funny because it's just like I miss my cat I'm tired (laughs) you know it's kind of awful is that if she actually decides to go with it through with it and actually kill herself the people in her life would feel terrible because she texted Izzy right before she did it if she does it and Izzy found out that she died she texted Izzy she called her brother regret she got fired yep the person who decided to stop going to her for piano her neighbor didn't need her to pick up his medication anymore her neighbor the little old man that had to shuffle into his house because no one needed her anymore Yep, it was just one thing after another. This book is depressing. This book is horrible. I mean, (laughs) it's a good book so far, kind of, but it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, my opinion has gotten better now that we've talked about it more. Like it's got worse, and then now it's better. I'm not really sure how I feel, honestly. I think (laughs) I could easily be swayed at this current moment. Yeah, there's a lot. There's just a lot. That's all I can say. There's a lot. It's a lot. It's too much, but it's fine. For such a short book, there's a lot that happens. So it's less than 300 pages, right? Yeah. I think there's, let me look at the actual count. 288 pages. 288. We read through 101. Mm -hmm. So it's almost there should be interesting there's a couple you know just kind of just skimming through without Mm -hmm. actually reading anything just reading the title heads it looks like there's some interesting chapters coming up that we're going to be reading in this next section that's exciting so looking forward to seeing that yeah some of these do sound really good Mm -hmm. and just to say again for 
if anybody is actually listening to this, if you're going through any type of mental health crisis, especially if you have suicidal thoughts, one, don't read this book. Um, Maybe when you're in a better place, but just don't. And if you are suffering through some mental health problems and things like that, like there is no shame in going to therapy or even just talking to somebody. Like it doesn't have to be professional. Sometimes just talking it out helps too. Anything. This book is definitely not good if you have depression, as you can hear as we talk about it. Really would not it can recommend drag this book. You down in a heartbeat. It really can. It's definitely super rough for sure. Um, I hope that anyone who is listening hasn't been triggered by this because honestly, it was kind of triggering for me. Um, but if you want to hear more about what we have to say, we hope you come back. Right. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Join us next Sunday for the second part of Midnight Library by Matt Haight. And you can hear all of our opinions then. We'll be reading chapters Peppermint Tea all the way through A Gentle Life. You can also follow us on Instagram at Two Covers One Book for updates. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.